Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. During a recent session at the UN Climate Change Conference known as the COP28 and held in Dubai, the California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross discussed the ways that climate crisis is affecting the state's farmers and opportunities to overcome these challenges. The conversation was organized by Food Tank in partnership with the Inter-American Institute for Cooperation on Agriculture, Producers Trust and the Forum for Farmers and Food Security at the Sustainable Agriculture of the Americas Pavilion. Since becoming Secretary in 2011, Ross explains that she has lived through two historic droughts in California. In addition to water shortages, farmers are grappling with invasive species, extreme heat, and when droughts are not an issue, flooding. She says they're living the future and the future is happening now. This is why it's so important that they work together and think about how they can continue to nourish people in a changing climate and status quo isn't going to do it. Interventions are important not only for farmers' livelihoods, but for the state as a whole. According to Ross, even before value-added products are taken into account, the value of the state's agricultural sector is just under $56 billion. To support producers, the state is eyeing the groundwater basin. Recharging, she said, is the only way for them to survive in the future. It's that below-ground storage, above-ground storage, using every drop as precisely as they possibly can and recycling. The CDFA is also investing in climate-smart agriculture practices in an effort to scale their adoption. Cover cropping, composting, and the planting of hedgerows for pollinators are particularly attractive. She says these are things to build up resiliency. Healthy soils that continue to be productive that are adding soil organic matter are improving the nutrient cycling and the biodiversity. And while the climate crisis will affect all producers, Ross is mindful that the ability of producers to adapt varies considerably and smaller farmers are more likely to struggle. Around 70% of producers are growing crops on less than 100 acres of land. Ross says it's very important to focus on those people who don't have the same level of resources to withstand shocks to the system. The California Air Resources Board has sent out notices to heavy-duty diesel truck fleet owners informing them of updates to the heavy-duty inspection and maintenance regulation. The updated rule is requesting the applicable businesses to register their diesel trucks over 14,000 gross vehicle weight rating into a new CARB HDIM truck database. Beginning in 2024, those registered trucks will have to be inspected by a certified mechanic shop once a year. Trucks made before 2013 are still allowed to test equipment through the periodic smoke inspection program process 2013 and newer equipment must now be tested through the onboard diagnostic equipment at a licensed mechanic shop both processes will certify that equipment meets the updated hdim standard and they will be awarded a certificate if the vehicle has any equipment or opacity failing during the inspection the fleet owner will have 60 days to repair the failing equipment and retest without a dmv hold being placed on the registration once passage of equipment is determined 
determined, fleet owners will have to update the CARB database with their passing certificate in order to maintain compliance with the rule. Non-compliance with the regulation results in a registration hold with a DMV. Additionally, fleets are required by CARB to pay $30 per vehicle in order to maintain compliance. Before Thanksgiving, demand for California naval oranges exceeded supply as the pipeline in navels was pretty empty. Harvest started later than normal, which resulted in a gap and record high pricing for a few weeks, according to Garrett Steele with Bravente Produce. Early on during the growing season, the expectation already was for naval oranges to be late to mature as they follow the bloom of stone fruit. Given that the stone fruit bloom was late, they are expecting a sluggish start to the naval season, according to Steele. Volume didn't really ramp up until two or three weeks later than normal. However, However, right before Thanksgiving, much of the fruit matured, causing an influx of volume. As a result, supply is plentiful now. While pricing is still high, they are seeing more realistic pricing, according to Steel. At the moment, large-sized retail naval oranges, as well as 88s and larger, are about $24 to $28 a carton. Smaller naval oranges for food service run in the low 20s, between $20 and $22. Steel expects pricing will slowly return to more historical levels. It's typical for movement to be a bit slower this time of the year. However, they expect to see an uptick soon as a result of holiday purchasing. In addition, in-store holiday promotions this month are expected to get people to purchase oranges. In the past, naval oranges were a popular stocking stuffer and considered a luxury item. While today's stockings are mostly filled with other gifts, oranges are a popular fruit during Health Awareness Month in January. In addition to naval oranges, lemons are a key item for Bravente produce. The California lemon season started well, and it was a smooth transition from the import season to start off the domestic season. Argentina, Chile, and Mexico finished as California's season was about to begin. However, the season has started out with a shortage of large-sized fancy fruit. He says as a result, pricing of large-sized fruit is favorable, and most growers focus on size picking right now. Once the pipeline for the large fruit is full, growers will get into a steady pace of picking all sizes. This is expected to be around January. In addition to high pricing, growers are also focused on picking the large sizes first to prevent an abundance of big sizes at the end of the season as fruit continues to grow in size as it matures. He also says in general he's hoping for a healthier size range this year compared to last year. Hopefully, most lemons will be in a range between 200s and 95s and they can minimize 75s towards the end of the season. A smaller offering for Bravente are Caracara oranges. He says typically they like to start picking Caracaras right before Thanksgiving, but this year the season started two weeks late and harvest kicked off recently. Volume will increase by January 1st as consumers would like to start the new year fresh and ask for oranges during health month. The California Walnut Commission and Board has announced the launch of its much-anticipated Pure Gold campaign, an ode to the timeliness, traditional quality, flavor, and nutritional richness inherent in every California walnut, according to the association. Gold, a symbol of wealth, good fortune, purity, and beauty, finds its manifestation in the diverse hues of California's walnuts harvested by the many multi-generational family farms whose lives are dedicated to growing premium quality walnuts. The Pure Gold campaign not only celebrates the natural golden essence of these walnuts, but describes a buttery rich flavor and creamy texture that has become the gold standard for chefs and consumers around the globe. And as more consumers are looking for healthier food choices, California walnuts are becoming a top choice. They are excited to introduce the Pure Gold campaign as a tribute to the rich heritage of California walnuts. It encapsulates not only the golden color of the walnuts, but also the commitment to quality, innovation, sustainability, and food safety delivered to every table, according to Pamela Graviat, Vice President of Integrated Marketing with the California Walnut Commission and Board. 
Based in Los Angeles, Pacific Trellis Fruit LLC doing business as Dulcinea Farms, the owner of Dulcinea brand, has announced that after several years of successful production trials, it will expand the sourcing of its Pure Heart Mini Seedless Watermelon from Guatemala beginning in January and extending through April. Products shipped will arrive via the West Coast Port Wyneme, California, as well as to the East Coast through Port Everglades, Florida. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has imposed sanctions on three produce businesses for failing to meet contractual obligations to the sellers of produce they purchased and failing to pay reparation awards issued under the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. These sanctions include suspending the business's PACA licensing and barring the principal operators of the businesses from engaging in PACA licensed businesses or other activities without approval from USDA. Of the businesses, Arturo Hernandez, doing business as the Avo King and operating out of Camarillo, failed to pay a $41,525 award in favor of a Texas seller. As of the issuance date of the reparation order, Hernandez was listed as the sole proprietor of the business. We know it's been tough managing inputs and resources lately. That's why we're inviting you to the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno, California. This event is a lifeline for specialty crop growers, PCAs, CCAs, and applicators alike. It's your opportunity to get help in today's challenging landscape. What will you find at the Input Ag Summit? Cost-saving seminars, networking with experts, special panel discussions, and solutions for hard times. Visit myaglife.com backslash events today to sign up for this new and exciting conference. Three months into her new role as CEO of the Almond Board of California, Clarice Turner made her media debut, opening herself up to a room full of reporters at the second day of the Almond Conference in Sacramento. Turner, who will officially take the reins at ABC on January 1st with the retirement of Richard Waycott, brings with her an extensive background in consumer goods, food service, and wine and spirits, having worked for companies like Starbucks Coffee Company, Papa Murphy's International, and PepsiCo. Most recently, she was the president of Napa Valley Winery, Joseph Phelps Vineyards. It's a great pleasure to have this role because I'm so passionate about agriculture in the state, and I'm worried about it, honestly. Um, and the opportunity to be able to make a difference on behalf of a lot of agriculture because we represent such a huge category within the state and, and frankly, within the U.S. Um, that's a great honor and it's a pleasure. Um, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to go about it yet, but I'm learning like crazy. And uh, what I do know is that there is an, an amazing group of people out there who care deeply, have lots of ideas, um, and are, we are very fortunate to have leaders in the industry who want to collaborate and work together. And that really gives me a lot of hope um, and fuels my passion to be able to help. Turner joins the organization during a challenging time for the industry, when supply chain disruptions, trade tariffs, regulatory constraints, and a number of other things are driving record low prices for almonds. She says she's hopeful the industry will get through this, just as they've gotten through other challenging times. Um, in my remarks yesterday, I talked about going back to the 1850s, which was the first commercial crop of California almonds, and then fast forward to you know 1933, after they dealt with two world wars and the Depression, right, when almonds were eight cents a pound. You look back and you think, okay, there's been some really difficult times in this industry, and every time we've gotten through it. And in fact, when we came out of those troughs, innovation typically, um, and some macro factors, and Mother Nature giving us a good crop, right, is what has led to prosperity in the years after that. I mean, significant growth, step change growth. 
common denominator there was innovation and grit, frankly, in the industry. Farming is not easy. Turner said she learned a lot about consumer likes and dislikes while working for large international companies and sees a huge opportunity for how to market almonds in new ways. Almonds have a distinct advantage because we have shelf life, because the moisture, we're a little bit less sensitive to moisture. Um, the rancidity factor is lower, right? Like all of these things when people are formulating product or they're formulating anything to sell to a consumer, those things really matter. You can't run out of stuff, right? People get really angry when you don't have their favorite food, trust me. <laughs> so, and if you've done a lot of investment, if you're in CBG, to formulate a product that people really crave, right, that flavor, you can't just change it on a dime uh, because you lose market share. So I see those opportunities in a big way in terms of being able to get almonds into more things that people eat. At the same time, you've got PepsiCo and Unilever coming out publicly and saying, we have significant pressure from our shareholders to reformulate our products so that they're more healthy. Well, we're your answer to that. <laughs> what could be more healthy? And we have shelf life, and we have low density. All of these things that I think, you know, if you package all that together, it's about educating mm -hmm. and really making that story easy for people to retell and, you know, educating chefs, frankly. As a trustee for the Culinary Institute, Turner says one of her goals includes figuring out how to get almonds into the hands of thousands of culinary school graduates being produced around the world each year. We're graduating thousands of chefs every six months around the world. And in that curriculum, almonds are in baking, and, you know, they're in mainstream a little bit. But all of what I just said about lower acidity, shelf life, nutritional density, it's not being packaged in that way. So there's huge opportunities. Turner hopes to help educate the public on the misconceptions about the environmental impacts of almonds, with consumers often equating an almond with the gallon of water required to grow it, but not taking into account that an almond tree actually produces four crops, the almond, the kernel, the whole, and the shell. She said the Almond Board's extensive data shows the positive impacts of almonds from both an environmental and health perspective, and needs to reach consumers in order to tell them the real story of almonds. One is the health and nutritional density and shelf life of almonds. Um, shifting to whatever that takes to be able to tell that story um, in an impactful way. And then also the environmental and stewardship story, mm -hmm. right? It's, we just, we have to own that narrative. Um, and we need to do it in a way that people don't question it as greenwashing because it's not. Um, so how do you tell it in a way that's fact-based but not too flashy? So that people suspect that it's, it's corporate, right? No, that's not. We're egg. <laughs> so, we have to find our footing to be able to figure out what's the right way to do that. For My Ag Life, this is Kristen Platts. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there.
U.S. agriculture and other sectors of the American economy will need to prepare for more trade tensions and likely retaliation from China if Congress follows through on a sweeping set of recommendations to reset the relationship between the two countries. The Select Committee on a Strategic Competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party, after meeting for nearly a year, released a wide-ranging list of recommendations calling for a reset in the U.S.-China relationship, declaring China's economic system is incompatible with world trade and undermines U.S. economic security. Among the 150 or so recommendations in a report, the Select Committee called on Congress to pass a bill that would repeal China's permanent normal trade relations status. PNTR status essentially grants trade rights with the U.S. and gives countries lower tariffs. The U.S. granted China PNTR in 2000 when China entered the World Trade Organization. Since then, trade between the U.S. and China has exploded into a large trade deficit, making the U.S. more dependent on China. The recommend- Recommendations come less than a month after President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping met in California looking for areas where they could cooperate. Prices for most foods fell last month and food inflation is at a two-year low. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. In a so-called normal year, grocery store food prices usually go down during November with all of the holiday supermarket specials. And indeed, for the first time in a couple of years now, that is what happened last month. According to the Consumer Price Index... Food at home prices or grocery prices fell by 0.5% in November. Half a percent. Agriculture Department economist Megan Schweitzer says November's grocery prices were only 1.7% higher than November a year ago. And that's the slowest year-over-year growth in food-at-home prices in about two and a half years. So you might say this latest CPI report, definitely a consumer-friendly report. Megan told us... Of the 22 food categories that we track, we saw price decreases for 15 of them from October to November of this year. Some foods in November were costing less than they did November a year ago, including eggs, fresh vegetables, pork, dairy products, and fish and seafood. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Senators Chuck Grassley, Joni Ernst, and Tammy Baldwin are leading a bipartisan push to shed light on market factors driving the cost of fertilizer. Iowa Republicans Grassley and Ernst, along with the Wisconsin Democrat Baldwin, have introduced the Fertilizer Research Act. The legislation would require the Department of Agriculture to study competition and trends in the fertilizer market to determine their subsequent impacts on price. Within one year of the bill's passage, the Secretary of Agriculture, in consultation with the Economic Research Council, would be required to issue a report on USA's website regarding the fertilizer industry. The report would include a description of impacts on a fertilizer market that influence price, market trends in the past 25 years, and impacts of anti-dumping and countervailing duties, among other research items. State pesticide labeling rules that differ from the Federal Environmental Protection Agency rules could be a target in the next farm bill. Washington State's Dan Newhouse told the House Ag Committee that some states, without naming them, have gone beyond EPA's rules already unpopular in regulating ag pesticides. Some states have begun to regulate pesticides in a, man- in a manner counter to the decades of scientific guidance from the EPA. Ag Appropriations member Newhouse says the uncertainty on EPA-approved science-based labels will erode access to critical pesticides. It will threaten crops, grower incomes, conservation practices, public health, vital infrastructure, and ultimately raise food prices for families amidst record high inflation. Newhouse supports the Agricultural Label Uniformity Act to reaffirm pesticide label uniformity. And prevent state and local governments from adopting inconsistent labeling 
or packaging that disrupts access to these vital tools. Newhouse concedes states have authority to regulate pesticides in their jurisdictions, but can't impose labeling requirements on top of or different than the specific findings of EPA. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.